Hey friends, welcome to Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. I'm your host, Julia. And on this week's episode, Christina and I are talking younger. We talked younger last week, but we mostly talked about the women on the show. This week's episode, we're going to be talking about all the relationships. And now, here we go to the show. Christina, first of all, did you watch the final episode? So I did, but I didn't give it my 100% attention. It was like, I know, yeah, I'm you, sorry. No, it's okay. You have, a, you have a lot happening in your life. I do, Christina. but like, I'm not happy with it. Really? Yeah, are you? I kind of love the full circle that they did. Well, let's the preface this. Okay. Let's preface this like first that. by saying hello, friends. This will have spoilers. So if you haven't seen the final episode, you've been warned. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> we got to get that out of the way. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> No, I, I love, I good. I always love a good full circle moment. Don't get me wrong. I mm-hmm. just feel like, and maybe it's cause I feel like every show does this, but like, I feel like they try to wrap so much up in one episode at the end and mm. it's not a whole, like, it doesn't give me the whole like picture of what I need moving forward for okay. it to be the end. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Like the whole time I was like, we last saw Diana Trout in Italy on her honeymoon. Yeah, where is she? Where are you, Diana? Because we you not deserve... going to see her for the finale. Exactly, because you deserve just as much screen time in the finale as all these other characters, because she's a huge part of the show. I know. Plus, she's like the, she's the character that you never wanted to like, but you ended up loving. Yeah. And so you can't not have her in the last episode. Like Right. I want to know if that was our her choice like as an actress thing or if mm. that was something like with the show that like just kind of got bamboozled. Oh, maybe they had she had a scheduling conflict cuz everything yeah. got derailed cuz of COVID. Like so much yeah. stuff got derailed cuz of COVID just in general for video, TV, television and film production. So I wonder if they also got affected. Well, obviously they got affected by that. Everybody did. <laughs> no, they didn't. Not no. them, Julia. Not them. Darren Star's productions never get affected by anything bad. That's why everything in his universe is are so perfect <laughs> right <laughs> i wonder if he's gonna be uh, involved in um the fuck is the spinoff show for sex in the city called i can't remember some it has happens in it mm. and oh it's and just like that that's what it's called they're filming now there they had their. you said read. it had happens in it, it I know because <laughs> I, well because I'm thinking of all the things that she's known for saying in Sex in the City like and just oh. like that is one of them and then and it, and I can't help but wonder is another one so I don't know why I thought happens was in it and just like that it happens I don't know maybe that's where my brain went <laughs> you got I don't there know. I don't know. we got there <laughs> okay but let's talk about the love and romance of younger because <sighs> You have this very big question, which is, do you think Liza is different based on who she's with, which boyfriend? And then the sub question is, which boyfriend do you prefer? So that is your question. So I need your answer. Okay. I know that I asked that when we were doing part one and now I'm like, wow, I asked that. This is a good question. It is a good question. It's a great lead off. I amazed myself. (laughs) I think that. Okay, so I honestly think that Liza is the person that she thinks 
she's supposed to be when she's with Charles. Mm. She thinks that, or the person that society has been telling her all these years she should be or would Mm -hmm. fall into or be good with. Mm -hmm. I feel like Josh is the person she always, she's, that's the character she wondered what her life would have been if she picked that. Mm -hmm. That's the character where she realized like, wow, you really can find like true love and true happiness. Even if you go off the path, people tell you, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that like, I would say that she definitely has strong suits with both of them and she has weaknesses with both of them. But I think that her heart lied the whole time with Josh more. And I think it was more on like a, call it a spirit, call it emotional, call it a whatever journey you want to call it. But I think like their hearts connected in a different way where Charles and her connected because they were like they grew up together in mm-hmm. like theory, you mm-hmm. know, like when you grow up with someone like, and you're in the same age group, you can find things in common. Yeah. Your peers. Like you can. Yeah. Like if you find something in common with someone who's not in your age group and you find that much in common with them, like mm-hmm. it's hard for you to kind of disprove the fact that there's a magic there on mm-hmm. the flip side that leads for problematic things with the age gap in the sense of like, if they had met at a different time and there's that argument as well. And that weirds me out and I don't want to get into it, but I think for where they met in their life right now, how they are, I think that their journey of like breaking up and getting back together and doing all their things, like it was right for them. And Josh did prove like he was a true guy that, Mm -hmm. you know, like really is a good heart for her. And I think Liza proved to herself that she doesn't have to just be this like mom or doesn't have to just be this like grown-up lady or doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be this or that she can be whatever she wants to be and she could be happy doing it with no judgments and I think that that's what was super nice full circle at the end in my mind Mm -hmm. I just I selfishly want more I want more (laughs) I wanted them to like re-fall in love before that happened or I wanted like you know, I don't I mean, they, know. I mean, maybe it's open-ended like that on purpose because I read yeah. somewhere that Josh might be getting a spin-off show. Okay. So like can be on board with that. So after I read <laughs> that, I was like, oh, I like the way that they ended it because then that opens the door for the spin-off, right? Like Sutton Foster doesn't have to necessarily be as much of a character on his show as he was on hers, but yes. the door is now open. And yes, so they all, could. Mm-hmm, and yes, mm. give us all the hot Josh. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, okay, I I think Charles and Josh are hot. Like, yeah. There's no hotness wise. I'm not going either way. I, yeah. I don't care, but I'm just saying, like, I could do a spinoff. <laughs> yeah. So my thought was in the beginning, Charles and Liza seemed like a really great fit. Like you say, like there's a lot of what you said. I agree with you especially after her time with Josh, because Josh gave her, like you said, that bit that she missed from her twenties and, Mm -hmm. you know, she was married, she had children right after college. So she didn't do the whole, like, I'm trying to figure out my career. Like, I know my career and I'm trying to make my career happen. The dating, the self-discovery that 20 somethings do if they, you know, graduate and don't have a partner that they marry. Um, and like Josh totally gives that to her. So I agree with you on that. But then when it comes to like, her partnering with Charles, you can almost feel like this sigh of relief in her that she can kind of get before Charles finds out, right? Before he finds mm-hmm. out that she's 40, she's kind of got this sigh of relief where she can kind of relax back into being a 40 something year old woman because they are mm-hmm. peers. But it's not, it's not, I mean, she doesn't get to relax that much because 
in the final episode, he kind of, he doesn't, what am I trying to say? He gets a little like, he's so on edge about her lying about her age that like everything gets called into question. And, and in my opinion, I feel like she's banked more reasons to be trustworthy than she has with the the age, than the age lie that it, like she gets stressed out. Like you can see it on her face. So for, for those of you listening, like Kelsey and develop has somebody developed this app. She has this concept that she wants to do, which I hope happens in real life because shit, that would be amazing. It's called incubator. It starts as this sort of writer salon thing. And then they sort of move it to this app platform. And I would 100% pay for it if it became real. So that's a digression. (laughs) Sorry. But you know, when she applies to the writer's fellowship program for him, And, but then also Charles finds out that Kelsey is not intentionally looking for investors, but gets an evaluation of the, the, the concept to see if, you know, if the deal that she's getting from empirical is fair, you know, he's just on edge with her the whole time because he's like, when is she going to tell me about this app thing? But it's like, one, it's not hers to tell because that's Kelsey's business. And two, when she does confide in him, like, Hey, I've got this great news. Because if you've been a watcher of Younger, you know that Charles wrote a novel about his affair with a younger, with an older woman when he was, when it was in the nineties, when he was like 26 (laughs) years old. So he writes a fiction book slightly based on that. And so like, she's like, oh, I did this thing and you got in and this is so amazing. And I'm so proud of you and your writing and you're an artist and you should do this. And I'm supportive of you. And then like the whole time he's just like, would you have told me if I hadn't gotten in? Like, he's just doubting her intention. And I'm just like, not her intention, but just the whole thing. And I'm just like, come on guys, writers are vulnerable. We don't always have the confidence to share our work. Sometimes you need that person to send you into the abyss without you knowing Cause that's not, that's a thing. Like it happens in Anne of Green Gables, her and Shirley's best friend submits a story for her for a contest. And Diana Barry thinks, oh, if you don't get it, you'll never know. No harm, no foul. So it's, to me, it's like Liza's actions were normal in that, but then he's the whole time is just like pushing on her. Like, would you have told me? And I'm so, we can't have any secrets and like, you know, yeah, he gets kind of secrets. hung up on the secrets thing. Yeah, He gets real, instead of like a, and I don't know if maybe that's another, like it could be a generational thing or just like with time thing, like the younger people tend to like forget or like forgive and forget quicker. Like Josh mm-hmm. was like, once he found out like, yeah, you have your feelings about it, but then you, you also like kind of recant and you see why she did it. And then you go, oh, that was one genuine lie out of and I'm going to say one genuine lie Mm -hmm. because I feel like she had to Mm -hmm. to create all of this wonderful good where and she keeps talking about all the like where she goes and tries to be as honest as she can everywhere else to make up for that one lie and I feel like everyone else in her life that she surrounds herself aside from Charles once they found out after they had their feelings, which you're totally allowed to have, you yeah. know, and yeah, like, because it's a shock. Once, yeah, like once you have those feelings and you come back and you realize you go, okay, like you want to stay hesitant for a little bit, like on the trust front for her. But then like, once you see that her character has stayed the same, her personality has stayed the same. She is the same person. The only thing she lied about was how old she was. 
then I think that that could be dropped. I don't think you need to keep questioning her. And I think that, yes, you're correct. Like it does wear on Liza's face. You can see like that she's always worried. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, but I've been with someone who doubted me constantly. Oh, that's my whole fucking life, Christina. People don't trust what I, and I'm like, what did I do? I don't understand. Is it because of my age? Is it because I'm a woman? Like, is it because I'm brown? Like why I've proven myself time and time again. Why aren't you giving, why, like, Society says at this point, I should have all of these things in place because I've proven myself and I'm still fighting for that shit. Like mm-hmm. my resume is fucking ridiculously packed that I should be, I should not be treated as if I'm an entry level position. Sorry. That was that. Sorry. Go ahead. Did it feel rant. good? I felt it, like it felt good. It did feel good. Good. I'm glad. Sorry. And you're right. You're right. You shouldn't be. And your resume is very qualified, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Like, he's part of that kind of Charles kind of has that mentality or mindset where once you mess up, like it's really hard to get back in his good graces. And Josh doesn't have that or like none of the other characters seem to do that to her specifically. I don't know. I'm not going to say Charles does that with everything, but he seems to kind of, he seems to kind of get a little grudge holdy and then it, it makes for a situation where she can't move forward. She can't mm-hmm. ever see if they're going to, where Josh is like, well, that's over with. And well, now what? We keep changing our minds. Like in the end when he's like, I've always been right here. I and I was just like, oh my God, Josh. <laughs> who doesn't want a person who unconditionally loves them? And maybe you don't know how you feel about them, but then when the time is right and you're finally coming back together and they say, they basically say, I've never left your side because he's never left her side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I got emotional. It gave me, okay. That gave me all I've, I don't know if I've told you ever about the dream I had that made me go on the date with Taylor, but that gave me all the same feels because in my oh. dream, Taylor said, all you had to do was ask. And that's something that Taylor tells me anytime I have like a problem or issue with him. He's like, all you have to do is ask. And it's like, so I had that same little like, yeah, <laughs> like little heart, like, yes, for Aww. Liza. Cause I'm like, that's, that's it. That's all you want. You want someone who's going to genuinely unconditionally love you because humans are flawed and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fuck up and you're going to trip and fall. And you just yeah. want someone who goes, Okay, let's not do that again, yeah. but I'll help you up. <laughs> yeah, like how can we help? How can we make sure that we're successful together in the future? And I just didn't feel like Charles was willing to do that. I feel I like don't he think was so. And your point about it being generational is actually really interesting because after you said that, I kind of started thinking, like, yeah, some of the people that my hurdles in life with are a bit of the older persuasion. I would say I'm I'm just gonna throw it so out there. Anecdotally, like, I I think it it's valid anecdotally I would need some actual hard science of course (laughs) between like what is it it's boomers gen x millennials gen Mm -hmm. z yeah I would say at the end of gen x getting into millennials that's when people kind of stopped caring about age or qualifications to earn Mm -hmm. your respect and we just like you're a person and I'm gonna respect you and then we go from there yeah you know and I think that's all I mean about the generational thing is like it was genuinely taught for so long that you just respect people that are older than you and you don't fight it you don't say things back you don't do anything and then we kind of got to I would say like more of our generation where we go 
we want to listen to our kids. We want to listen to people younger than us. We want to say like, yeah, yeah, you, let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. Let's have some co- talks. Let's see. Let's see if we can compromise. And so I think that that's more what I mean about the generational thing is mm-hmm. like where Liza, they're in the same generation. But like I said, like it's where it started phasing out where some mm-hmm. people t- kind of tapped into the more like emotional in tuned like thing and other people stuck really hard with the I was raised to respect your elders I'm going to stick that through which I respect both sides that's just that's what it is in the generational like that's what happens in generations and as they get older that's what you start to see is the ones that were progressive and the ones that maybe stayed a little rigid in their times Mm -hmm. and as they get older like that's how it happens so that's what I mean like bringing that like with Charles and Liza yeah I hope that kind of clarifies it (laughs) well I I I think it was a good point in general because I feel like we all kind of feel like there's some generational divides happening in our culture right now and just a lot of confusion about that like I'm an older millennial. So when people my age say things like, I don't understand Instagram. I don't understand Facebook. All that shit's stupid. I'm just like, y'all, we were in college when this shit dropped. So like you, (laughs) like, no, you don't, we weren't 40 when this stuff showed up, right? Like we were 22-ish. So we were young. (laughs) We were young enough that like, this is part of, it's not our formative years, but it's part of our formative adult years. It's one of those things to me. I think people at work sometimes think I'm younger than I am because I'm social media savvy. And it's like the times are changing and I'm, I don't want to be outdated. I want to, I want to stay relevant, not because I want to stay relevant to be in the in crowd, but because once you stop, that's when you start to decay in Yes. And let me preface that with, I used to work in aging services and all of the people who stopped moving with times literally started dying, you know, their health declined, their, their mental health declined. They, there was all the, they became isolated and lonely. I don't want that. That's Mm -mm. not for me. Well, it's also, it's not to say that you have to agree with everything that comes to the new age. Like, I think a lot of people have this misconception. Now we're just digressing. (laughs) A lot of people have this misconception that like, as you get older, you should kind of like stick to like what you know and your Mm -hmm. ways and like whatever, but it's like, you can still stick to what you know and you can still stick to your ways and still be open to learning new things, still be open to trying new things, Mm -hmm. still be open to incorporating like some new stuff in with all of your, like your hard set Mm -hmm. fast rules. And you can still, and still try to show your rules and like find ways to compromise them down so that they do pass on to the next generation or whatever. And I see, I, you're right. I've seen a lot of people who stop deciding to grow and you see their health decline Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. The people who retire, who used to go like working 24 seven and then retire immediately, they die very, I'm sorry, that got like dark. (laughs) They die very quickly because their, their brain is so used to being yeah and then like they slow down and their brain realizes how old they are and they go oh and it's like I don't want that yeah you're not moving you're not active so your brain can collect all these platelets from you know preventing you from doing things when my mom was talking about retiring it was like cool have a plan Mm -hmm. find some organizations I don't care what you do get some you just can't sit around the house and read all day which if you did that on a Wednesday great but if you did that seven days a week we not maybe me at my age not you at your age you know because yeah 
you have to so it's your primary source of socialization is work. Well, that's why you see like people going on walks really early in the morning or really mm-hmm. late at night like with their dogs or you see like little bunko groups or yeah. tennis groups or something like do you if think you don't people still those? play bunko i don't even know how to play yes bunko. okay my co-worker <laughs> does and that's why i know got she it. Said okay. it the other day she was like oh, i'm going to dinner with my bunko girls and i said what <laughs> how old are you like she's my she's no she's just her birthday's a year she was born a year after me so she's younger than me Somebody and the home girls play 30 knows how to play bunko oh i know how to play bunko you know how to play bunko yeah how have we been friends this long and i didn't know you knew how to play bunko look it's been a hot minute so i need a refresher <laughs> but like yeah i used to play with my mom when i was a kid oh that's adorable i love that okay let's get back on topic <laughs> so you know josh and charles are the main love interests of liza however i have a question, have a question for you oh yeah fire away as a writer, do you wish that they would have wrote in more options for Liza versus like just one and the other, the whole scene? Like they had little characters, but like yeah. I genuinely wish she would have tried to date somebody else for a good long stretch to like break up the duality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that you say that, in preparation for our conversations, I did go back to the very beginning and rewatch it. But also, we know that I was going to do that probably anyway, just regardless, with or without the podcast. It's coming to an end. I'm sad. I need to watch it from the beginning. Like nothing's ending. So in season one, it is primarily Josh and Charles and David, the ex-husband. And, you know, it would have been interesting, I think, to see. So there's this character, Matthew Morrison from Glee. Um, Mm -hmm. of glee flame he's on season two his character is like a sheep farmer and like he and liza have this really beautiful connection (laughs) until she finds him (laughs) with the sheep so inappropriate but it and i under and so that was only one episode but i was like man their connection is i forgot that i forgot all about that until you just said it and i was like oh oh (laughs) So I, I don't know. Maybe like, I feel like maybe that would have been a nice storyline to drag I think out. they would have taken the sheep out of it. <laughs> or, or if you, we find out like in three episodes instead of at the end of this episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. I felt like anytime they did have a potential interest for Liza, it was like, it didn't last episode. long. Yeah. There was one guy, Jay. Jay, uh, Jay shows up in season four. He's a rep at McMillan and they have, but it's not, it's not like a solid thing either. It's like a couple episodes. Like he knows the truth about Liza, but accidentally finds out. I also thought they were a fun fit because he was kind of open in the way that Josh is open, Mm -hmm. but he went to school with Charles, which we find out that Charles's nickname in college was up Chuck. (laughs) Because he couldn't hold his liquor. I want to know, like, what... It would have been funny to do some sort of, like, prequel to see what Charles was like in college. Oh. Because I feel like he probably had, like... The reason he was drawn to Liza was because she was the kind... She took the path he wished he could have taken, but he had, like, some rigid family that he had to... Like... Yeah, you're going into the family, but you have to be the business side. You can't be an artist. So he had to be very, and that's probably also coming full circle, why he keeps like pounding it in on Liza, because I bet in his growing up, like that's what it was like, no, 
we have a business to run. It's a family, you know, like this is our name and you're going to be running it. You don't right. want like lies out there. You don't want this out there. Scandals. So yeah. Maybe it's like, that what, could what be, you, what's the headline going to be if you get caught doing exactly. this? Mm-hmm. So that's probably what he's kind of pushing on to Liza, but then it doesn't make sense. Cause he's like, you can run the imprint. Like, I don't I know, trust that you. Was... I don't trust you with my heart. But, but I, I trust, trust you with, with all my, my money imprint. and my life, like savings. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. My life's work. Yeah, you can have that, but you can't have my heart. <laughs> yeah, so weird, so random. But you know what? It would have been nice to see more because isn't that what? So okay, again, in my limited life experience, isn't that? I just assume that if you live in a big city like New York or San Francisco, Miami you know that Los Angeles that you're dating a lot because you're trying to find somebody and everyone goes to these cities to try and make a certain type of life happen there's a lot of men I wrote them down but there's not a lot but there's not a lot when you think about when I when I compare it to my life and how much I dated in the limited time I have to date I've definitely dated more than these women so oh, it makes same. me it makes me think like yeah they probably could have but then how do you do that to still fit in with line in line with the show and the scene so that's of the show? I think where like you kind of have to it's a show we have to just realize <laughs> it's a show and not real life and Liza can't just be out on dates all the time because she has things to do that we want to see more than her dates but right. <laughs> right like it is it is yeah it's interesting to think like even if you don't see those okay so here we go here's a writer question for you sorry okay. my brain just sparked into action no I like it if if you were writing a show would you because in my mind I think you could write characters on that never actually make it to the show like meaning you don't need an actor for them because we are in the digital age you can have Liza talking to somebody on tinder or something for a couple episodes and they could have made her grow as a person without us ever meeting that character yeah and that could have been that could have been ways that we could have also seen, especially in big cities, her date more or her get more like a diverse dating pool or anybody, mm-hmm. even Kelsey, anyone else. Like, why are we only dating the one person we see in the office? I'm sorry. Have no one told you like you don't date where you work? Like, let's outsource a little bit. Yeah. Find anybody else like the office next door. When I started mm-hmm. my job, people were like, oh my God, the dating, op- the dating options are going to be amazing. And I was no, like, they're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. What makes you think I want to date somebody I work with? That sounds awful. Not everybody can be Jim and Pam. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, like, okay. I will say the dating pool, like going into a new job. Yeah. It does open up your like ability to meet new people, new sources and stuff. But like, it should not be a dating pool. It's not for da- like this is my career, not yeah, my love this life. Is my, I need to make money. You know what I don't need to be doing while I'm here is worrying about love. And and then potentially getting <laughs> fired because we had a bad fight. Not even a breakup, or, but a bad or because, fight. Or because I have no self-control and I'm going to slap your ass in the hallway. Right. Like, I can't. We right. can't like, I don't want to get in trouble for making out in the locker room. Okay. I like, don't want to get in trouble. We don't trouble. need the temptation. No, because that's, it's going to turn my relationship so much better if I'm working with you. Because now the temptation of not being able to touch you is there. 
right you just I'm like a child you put candy in front of me and now I can't have it no get your ass somewhere else I can't focus if you're here but you know it's like Charles and Liza with their on again off again shit and how awkward those scenes were when they were off again and and he's the boss so you're just like so how's the rest of the office because we should have seen that at least once like the episode how the rest of the office has to deal with their on and again off uh-huh. again because that can't be a fun fucking workplace no especially when he's dating quinn because she's so just quinn mm. i don't like her i don't like her either which sucks because i really like that actress i'm so irritated and she's gonna be in the gossip girl reboot so now i'm like I got to find something that she was in that I liked her in. So that way I don't hit, cause I don't know what her character is going to be in gossip girl. Cause okay, can- I love that. You also do this. You have to go find a character <laughs> that you liked her and so re-like her. Yeah. I get that way too. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to see you. And I'm like, that's a character. It's a character. Yeah. Cause you know, I love, I came into gossip girl late and I love it. And I'm so excited for the reboot. And then when I saw that she was in the cast, I was like, fuck, you were a bitches Quinn like not even like a villain that you needed to be there to be kind of a bad person like you're a genuinely mm. bad person like you get women to be vulnerable with you and then use it against them like that scene that. where she's that. like oh yeah Liza I wouldn't have married her I'm in the same boat with you like marriage this blah blah and then fucking turns around and tells Charles I wouldn't have said no fuck yeah. you Quinn like nope you are how many girls do you know like that too like everybody knows somebody like that and you're like why why can't like it's so unnecessary we don't have to be like that to each other as women it is so much like it is so much better to just build each other up and be Mm -hmm. like you got this and stay away from each other's men just please for the love of god louder for the people in the back who've dated all of my ex-boyfriends and were really good friends with me first Stay away from other people. <laughs> Is it loud enough for you I and the people know. in the back? <laughs> if for anyone who's not uh, seeing that, I put my hand around my mouth to make sure they all heard it. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because but no, I'm so, like Quinn is the worst. She was. I felt like she had so many times where she could have been the writers could have redeemed her as a character too and instead they dug her farther which again is not the actress's fault but I was like this character doesn't have any redeeming qualities in my book like at all she had I forget what episode it was but she had like a pity party for herself where she's talking about how like and she was right to an extent how like no one talks about how hard it is to be her, like to be the bitch, to have to be like this forward, you know, like to be this strong front, to get shit done, to do this. And it's like, I understand again, that mentality being a woman in the workforce to be successful, you kind of have to be a bitch. You have to be in a, I say bitch lovingly because that's what men call it. Right. Because it's just men being assertive. All it is, is women acting like men. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. But men say that is being a bitch. And it's like, well, then how about you start changing your behavior, sir? Because that's the only time you take me seriously in the workforce is if I act the way you do and you're not picking up on it because I'm supposed to be dainty and soft. So like, I get that she has this outer core that's got to be so hard, so tough for her to be as successful as she is. But the only way 
moving forward in life to change things is that we have to show the dichotomy of people's personalities. And we have to show the fact that you can be assertive and uh, I'll say aggressive and forceful with what you want and what you desire and how you go about getting it as a woman, but you don't have to be quote a bitch or you don't have to be rude or cutthroat or nasty. Taking people down because she would would do it. She would take Kelsey and Liza down any chance she got, especially Mm -hmm. after building trust with them or even building a little bit of trust with them. And that really bothered me because it's like, you're not doing anything to ensure that you're, that you're making, how how the fuck do you get shit done when you're like, you're literally burning bridges. And so Mm -hmm. to me, it makes more sense to be like strong, assertive, to get what you want to get done. If people don't trust you to work with you you've got a bigger problem and then you become a bulldozer. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, now you're not even a person people want to work with and you're just taking what you want. That's fucking dictatorship, man. Like nobody wants that shit. And it's also just not setting up the, I personally think if we're going to change the way, the way that we're viewed as Mm -hmm. like the working class, like women working class, like we have to go about it in the strong way that we are, which is the more emotionally intact not so cutthroaty way. We have the ability to go, I can build you up while still succeeding on my own. Mm -hmm. I can be nice. I can be empathetic. I can be there for you while still taking like time for myself to do what I need to do and get where I need to go. And I just wish that they would have used her character for some growth to do that, to show like, maybe you were starting this like cat fighty way to go about it but there's ways to grow and be a better person or whatever and I wish at least like I don't know just do that for her like yeah, give, her, of, give her some redeeming qualities you right know? instead of her slamming the door shut on everybody like yeah. leave the door open and have her lifting the girl like walking the women in with her that's what yeah, I would or like. just leaving it open to see that like maybe her character can grow in time yeah. like even if it was just that like being not she's awful just, to Charles she's awful you know to she's, everybody. she's awful to everybody and it just is and when Pauline comes back Pauline is Charles's ex-wife for those of you who haven't seen the show and it's uh, just, that actress bugs me and really? I don't know why I used to be married like, to John I Hamm. really want to like her and she bugs me she's such a good actress yeah She's in I Friends with Benefits. She did this show, I want to say in the early 2000s, late 90s, called Notes from the Underbelly. I think it was only, it might have only been half a season. I don't really remember. I've seen her in like a lot of like random movies and yeah, TV she's in, shows. She, she's a really good actress. Yeah. I just, I don't know what it is about her. I just am like, it's just something about it. I can't, can't Could stay focused. In real life, she and John Hammer married for a couple years. John Hamm is Don Draper from Mad Men. Yeah, let's talk about Kelsey. Or actually, we spent some time talking about jo- uh, Charles and his other women. Should we talk about Josh and fucking Claire? Because <laughs> at first, you know, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this chick. And then she pulls this whole like, Liza, you have to lie for us because you did all this lying and blah, blah, blah. And lie, lie, lie. And you have to do it and puts her in a corner. And, and Sutton Foster's care and Liza's like, what? now I'm uncomfortable Mm. and then they you know and then all these things happen and you know whatever I you know and then and then Claire does redeem herself in the end but I still didn't like her (laughs) I just no I didn't really like her um (laughs) 
and Josh just wanted it to work so bad he was so crushed after he and Liza and you know here's this woman from Ireland and he's just so eager and so he didn't he's just got this big gracious heart Mm. I want I want a Josh in my life that's what it is bookmark that okay bookmark that I, uh, yes, he did try really hard. Like he put his whole heart into like, and I'm saying bookmark this because I, I have done this before too, where you like, you know, your heart's not in it with this person, but you go 110% full steam ahead. We're doing it. We're going for it. And I feel like that's what Josh did because he couldn't grit, like gripe with the fact or deal with the fact that like him and he just needed to cope with him and Liza being over for that moment hopefully or just you know over in that time and I think he just did what most guys do which is jump into something else and then like try to convince himself that it's better and then he got himself into a little bit of a pickle I guess now that I've like I'm genuinely with someone I'm very excited about very happy with I know I've met my person I'm like why the fuck are we stringing people along when we know that our heart's not in it amen I genuinely like I feel so bad that I've ever done it I felt bad that people have done it to me but I like I know part of the lesson is like you just have to feel that kind of love before you realize it but I'm like God, there's times though where you know in your gut that you're just not in it and you are forcing it. Yep. And I feel like Josh knew. He's always known, which is why he said that at the end, that it's Liza. And I feel like he should have used that time to not go and, I mean, maybe make a baby because he did want kids and like, good, now he has that life path for himself. However, like, he could have grown up in other ways as well. <laughs> I wonder if the writers felt that was the only way to satisfy his like need for a baby was to bring yeah. somebody else in and and not create that conflict between he and Liza any further. Because I get Liza when she's like, yeah. I don't know if I want more kids. Like my parenting is at the end of like the constant daily need because college is in our future sooner than later. And so even when he was six, the idea of starting over with like... <sighs> and I love to sleep. <laughs> My child slept through the night w- when he was six weeks old, you know? And so, and so all of these little things that you have to give up potty training. It, I don't even remember how my kid got potty trained. If we're going to no, be honest, I don't know. like I was at the park with uh, my friends the other day and I turned to my friend and I told her, you know, I think I'm going to try to convince Taylor that we only need one coming from me since we have one already. Yeah. And like, if he's really dead set on two, I need a five-year buffer because have you seen toddlers? They're insane. They are insane. And I don't under, like Liza is so fitted for her to say like, I don't want anymore. I'm done yeah, with that. Like and it's, it's, a, it's woman, a lot. It's... And for women, it's a lot more than men. Men don't, they do not realize the toll it is taking on like women. But the first 10 years of your life is you have two parts of you. You have you and you are a mom. And mm-hmm. it's not like you get to live like, oh, well, I get to just go be me. No, at all times, you're a mom. Yeah. At once, all times. Once you're a mom, you're always a mom. And then, I mean, we saw it with the <clears throat> pandemic, the bulk of the unemployment ended up being women who had to leave work because their childcare is closed, schools are closed, and they have to do, they have to step up and do this job. And the recovery rate for women isn't the same. Like there's still millions of women who are not going back to work because things aren't still fully repaired in the way for them to go back to what they were doing and the way that they were doing it. Pandemic or not, you know, there's a lot of 
deficits that happen once you start having a child, because you're taking all of that energy and putting it into the child that would have been, you know, somewhere else. And so when she and Josh have that conflict of like, hi, you know, he's like, and I don't know what it's like to have a child with somebody who wanted you and wanted to have a child with you. So me neither. So, well, you will know though. That's the difference. At some point you'll have that experience if, when, if, and when you start to make those things happen. So to see Josh so desperately be in love with this woman and want to create a human with her, it just, so I'm twofold. One, mm-hmm. I'm just like, fuck, what does that feel like? I would love yeah. to know what that feels like. And two, like I get you Liza, because it is a lot of hard work and you're the one who's going to have to make the sacrifices though. I think that with Josh, he would have picked up more slack than what we've seen a lot of men do in, in history's past with parenting. Yes. And I think, so I think they needed Claire or a Claire. It didn't have to be Claire, but they needed somebody, another character, another character to come in and give him that. So then that way he and Liza could go back to being like, you made a really good point. I kind of want to touch on, you said, I don't know what it's like to like, be so in love with someone and want to have, you know, like create Mm -hmm. a human with them. And then they, them not like, not that they don't want that back with you, but like, that's not a possibility, you know? And I will say like, one of the things I had to grapple with, like when I first started dating Taylor was the fact that he had already gone through these life phases that I had held so true to my heart, like Mm -hmm. that I wanted to experience for the first time with somebody together, you know, Mm -hmm. like I wanted to do all of these, like, and I, I wanted to do all these things as firsts with him. And I like now knowing that they will just be firsts for me and not for him. I had to grieve that. And I Mm -hmm. wonder if Josh had to grieve parts of that in a way of like, because you do, like, it is a human thing to go. I had an idea for my life. And if it doesn't turn out that way, it's okay to grieve it. It doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it. It just means that like, it's not what happened. I'm going to grieve it. So I can let those feelings be felt. And then I go, but look at how amazing it's turning out instead. And I wonder if Josh felt that in a way, because he did, like you said, he did get his, the kid that he wanted, he wanted to be a dad and he, he now has that fulfilling factor. And hopefully now he'll get the love factor and he'll feel that like Mm -hmm. that twofold. But I wonder if he ever has that, like, I wish it was with the person that, you know? Yeah. I actually, this, I, I could believe that he is the type for that because if you'll remember, Claire just shows up out of the blue pregnant. So he yes. doesn't, he doesn't get to do the whole joyous we're pregnant. You know, it's like, here's my huge ass baby bump. This thing's coming in four weeks. So he doesn't get to have any of that pregnancy stuff either. And he just loves Liza so much that I could see, should they do a spinoff, please do a spinoff that, please do a spin-off. <laughs> that, that could potentially be a story arc that happens because he's not have, he's not having that. We're so excited. We we're pregnant. Like he didn't get that. He didn't get mm-hmm. to be excited about the person that he's married to. Cause they were in love at some point or in lust, you know, the Whatever. gray area, yeah. um, says I'm pregnant. And then he didn't get that opportunity to be excited. It was, oh, you're going to be a dad in four weeks. Have fun, <laughs> which is so awkward. Yeah. And, and he, you know, and we see it in the final episode. He just loves Liza so much that I could see that coming back to being, it a would thing. be, yeah, it would be interesting. I'd like to see them 
touch on it and to just touch on like what it is like their co-parenting style because again she has a teenage or she has a daughter who's not that far off from his age yeah so he was 26 when the show started and I want to say that her daughter was what 17 or 18 17 or 18 so like so it's more years? age appropriate for her to, for the daughter to be dating Caitlin basically to be dating what John. I thought about was like that's my brother and me yeah and my mom and it's like when you think about that that's kind of weird and yeah so like I it's gonna be interesting now that you have basically someone from each different generation now with Josh's child yeah and if they were to all you know like it would be a family in some weird way it's a Mm -hmm. family like Mm -hmm. how does that family dynamic work show yeah. us that how to put that on tv because those are things that we're not seeing right now the age gap parenting and there's it's all over it's, it's all, all over, over. So yeah why not and it would be or nice i should see- say put it in a normal way because the only thing they do right now is make it so it's a joke and i don't want everybody's family arc to be a joke it's not yeah there's there's genuine family arcs that are yeah it's a little bit weird but that's not a joke like that should i mean i just made fun of it i'm very sorry but i'm saying like the reason that's what happens like if we make it more normal we make it more regular then it won't be and maybe that could be a good thing to again diversify because right I always like to show like all the sides that I never thought about like as I'm like oh my god look at all this stuff I never even thought was possible Mm -hmm. and it's fun and exciting and it's like that's the stuff that like if we never show it on tv or if we never show it out in the world like we won't even know we'll just stick to these like narrow tropes like oh well that's weird and gross yeah and it would be nice to see Josh and Claire co-parenting because they did hit a yeah. rough patch, but we didn't get a lot of it. It was just kind of a side story, which I get. You have to have like these sort of subplots happening. Um, and then when Kelsey, we didn't talk about Kelsey and her dating life, but like when so Claire starts dating this guy, the fuck is his name? Dave. When Kelsey starts fucking Dave dating Claire's ex Dave we don't get a lot of Dave so we don't understand why they break up which is fine I think that was necessary I think it was important that we don't see their breakup we don't fully get the story about their breakup because then here he comes in being this charming fabulous guy to Kelsey and Kelsey doesn't understand but she's like well Claire and I aren't friends so this can happen but then we understand why because he's a doucher in the end but to go back to Kelsey she had that boyfriend Thad in the beginning oh remember that guy he died from that random thing falling from the sky and I wasn't a fan of him because he was 100% a doucher and was a total cheater was oh my god I completely forgot about yeah he was only was he only in season one I think he was only in season this I oh no he was in season one and season two but she's so head over feet for this guy and he's a total doucher yeah and then but I mean I feel like that's also like that's also part of dating. Like you end up falling for someone who just seems like they're super great. Cause on, yeah, I guess at 26, I would like, have been more susceptible to that, but now I'm yes. just like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Once you, no. like, once you start dating and you learn all the different tropes, you go, Oh, this is, you got to stay clear from these flags and this flags. But when you're young and you just, you're like on paper, yeah. this guy has it going on. And then you realize like later on, you no, can't follow doesn't. the paper. You got to no, follow your doesn't. gut. Yeah. But then Zane shows up um, in season three. Okay. How do you feel season? about Zane? How do you feel about her and 
Zayn and that I have a dynamic. Com- I have a complicated relationship with Zayn because Zayn okay. is, I love him in the beginning when he shows up and they first start dating. I think he's beautiful. I think that he's got he's a lot of great style. He's so smart. And, you know, he's, he represents like the less than 1% of black people who work in publishing. I don't know if it's less than 1% anymore. I feel like more and more houses are hiring um, editors and higher ups that are diverse, but in, in the context of how the literary world is still very 90 95% white still. Okay. That's a large number. He's our, you know, representation of the 5% and he is smart, well-read, beautiful, and a little cutthroaty. And I struggled when he would screw over Kelsey in work. Yeah. You know, he's, he steals. He has a little bit of that, um, twin element to him. But he's redeeming, he, though. He is redeeming, but I'm saying, like, in the work sense, he does, like, what Quinn would do, where he'll use you, like, to get you nice and vulnerable, to open you up, and then he uses that against you. So there's two scenes that totally stick out in mind that of my mind that where he's, like, shit. There's a scene where he and Kelsey are having, like, a romantic evening, and he's cooking for her, and, like, yes, please, give me a man that can cook, because I'm so tired, I can't cook. Um, But, and she leaves her, like, they're, like, okay, no phones, because they're getting intimate, and so he sees this, and this is one of the reasons why I don't allow the display of a text to be on my phone, because that means anybody who can see my screen can see what people are texting me, and fuck that, I'm too private for that shit. But he sees something from Charles about work stuff. And he, and Zane takes that information and uses it to his advantage and steals their largest grossing author. And that is so fucked up because it is do or die. If you don't have somebody who can bring in millions every year, like that's according to younger is a problem. And then there's another scene. So they're promoting Pauline's book, marriage vacation, which by the way, yes, I did read. And yes, I do own. And they're at GMA He's now working for Empirical. When we first meet him, he's not. And he and Kelsey are sort of having this sort of territory war. But then he tells the GMA producer like, oh yeah, you can totally do this thing, blah, blah, blah. Even though Charles was like 100%, I'm not getting on the show with her. And he pushes it to happen. It flops because Pauline and Charles aren't giving the hosts and the producers what they want because Pauline and Charles's relationship is non-existent which always bothered me that Pauline didn't understand why her husband didn't take her back with open arms I'm like bitch you left your family for a year like that's hard anyway um (laughs) so then Zane turns on Kelsey he's like oh Kelsey this is your author that was your producer friend how did like this is all on you but he's the one who fucked it up made me so mad (laughs) you make a good point about the text that he could see that but also like I don't want to live in a world where like someone I'm sleeping with is just looking at my phone and then using anything that they see against me that to me like if I can't trust you then why are we doing this there was this guy a couple years ago or maybe it was last year I don't know because what is time right it's all relative at this point because COVID just like wiped the Probably world wasn't last from year time was COVID yeah well this article breaks and this guy had been basically taking pictures of people looking at their phones but like over their shoulder so you can't see the person but you can see what their screen says and then this huge conversation starts about like that's an invasion of privacy well is it because they're in public and like all these things and I'm just like a number one this is why I don't read text in public 
And, and that's prior to, cause I watched too many psychological thr- thrillers in my formative years that I'm just like as little information as possible when I'm out in public. Yeah. <laughs> but it was crazy. Some of the stuff that he like was reading over people's shoulders. It was like, some of it was deeply intimate. Some of it was deeply personal. Some of it was traumatic. And it's just like, holy shit. And then immediately I went out and bought a privacy screen for my phone that I still have yet to put on. (laughs) The privacy screen. Yeah. I've never like, I never wanted that probably because I just genuinely want to live in a world where there's trust, but, (laughs) but yeah, I see a lot of like, you'll see memes online of people going like, Ooh, that doesn't look like a good message. And it's just because someone's like sending, you know, for hours yeah, or yeah. like you see all of the, you can't see the words, but you could see how long the blue bubble is or something. And you're like, right. but also I feel like you should take it. Like you see a stranger on the street. You're allowed to have whatever thoughts you want. You're allowed mm-hmm. to have whatever in your mind you want. Don't take a picture of that. If you happen to look over and see the person's text and you saw more than you should have, just take that in your own mind and look the other way and digress in your head you don't yeah, need to where's take the a level picture. of respect for the and, other person's privacy yeah it just so okay so back to zane yes he does have redeeming qualities i do like him as a character on the show a lot i do like him in that sense i don't like him as somebody to date i think he's got yeah. way too many flaws still that he needs to grow from or he needs to date outside of and same with kelsey i don't think kelsey was a good match for him either she was not nice to him either she didn't always do the best stuff like i think if they back. didn't work in the same industry and i think this is where you were going if they didn't yes. work in the same industry i think they would have been a good fit yes but that's and really i think they knew that as well yeah. like they both really wanted to keep trying to make it work but they also both realized that their jobs depended on them not working out (laughs) right right maybe instead of torturing each other back and forth by hurting like that like you just go hey let's be co-worker friends which is hard too because publishing's kind of small it's hard for me to say let's be friends because again they're going to be still doing the same thing they're doing right now which is Mm -hmm. trying to steal each other's clients so it's Let's not even try this. Right? Let's, let's just like it's agree gonna to just... appreciate each other from afar. That's it. Yeah. Like just, a pre- we had a one time thing and it was fantastic. Let's keep it in the old file and book for later on right? board night, but don't try to make this into something it's not ever going to be. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Last point to discussion. To discussion? Yeah. Sure. Life's hard. And then you do <laughs> true it's true maggie and lauren bring in the lgbtq representation you know lauren's a little bit more fluid she does not she will date anybody if they gave her heart a flutter and i kind of love that about her because she has no inhibitions where i'm like more like i'm i'm very i'm very reserved until you get to know me um and you know we talked about uh, maggie last time maggie's Liza's longtime friend. I'm assuming they met in college. Lauren is Kelsey's best friend. And then the two of them are just, oh my God. Remember when they hooked up? It was like half a season. They had episodes where they hooked up. Yes. Yes, I do. That was at the beginning ish, right? Like season two. I think it was season two or season one, but it was that early. Yeah. They never let any of that get weird for them later on in life. No, and I love that because I do too. I think it shows that yeah, I just you realized can, that. you can yeah. see each other naked and do all kinds of intimate stuff to each other and still be friends. Sorry, mom, I know you're watching or listening. I think you can totally see someone's 
personal stuff and then just hang out over brunch. It's fun. Yeah, they're just having, and they do. They hang out over brunch. They give romantic advice to each other sometimes. Like they're very loving and supportive. And I love Maggie so much because she'll do things like, I don't get straight relationships. You guys do all these things that don't make sense. <laughs> I just think it's so funny when she's just like, and again, weird. they show the like, they show the generational differences, mm-hmm. even in that community. I I can't talk on that community or anything, but I would say like, from my point of view, from like just a cis, you know, woman, I would yeah. say, yeah, thank you for having those words. I don't have them all. Um, <laughs> like Maggie shows like what it's like to kind of be like a lesbian and be someone who's like, I know what I am. I know what I'm here for. I know what I stand for. But like, I'm also, I stay at, not in my box, but I stay in my, like my circle. I stay in my comfortable space where like Lauren is the new generation where she's like, we can love everybody. We can do everything. We can have, you know, the weight of the world. I don't have to fit myself into like, I'm a lesbian. Like I can like this person or this person. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that they're the same type of you know representation right what I'm just saying is the generational difference of the representation mm -hmm. type we have now which I would say in Maggie's generation they probably didn't have all those options they didn't have all that representation and she's still stuck strong and she's still stuck to her word and she's wonderful and glorious and beautiful for that where Lauren brings the new front where it's like people are more accepting from this generation they are more like I don't I don't care I don't understand if and that's the thing the difference is like if we don't understand now, we don't care. Where before, if they didn't understand, it was bad. They it equated it as bad. Yeah. Where now it's like, if you don't understand, you just go, I don't know. Eventually I'll figure it out for that. You know, I'll figure well, and it I think, out. I think to your point about Maggie, you know, she came of age in a generation where it was still very much considered a choice. It was still very mm-hmm. much a negative, you know, Stonewall had like she so Stonewall happened in 1969 I believe and so she's not that much like they're born in the early 70s so she's growing up with all of this sort of transitioning that's happening within the culture the AIDS era is a big thing in the 80s so she's a childish when you know not quite like a teenager when all of these things are happening so her perspective is going to be a little different because she experienced a lot of that cultural trauma that was placed on the LGBTQ community. And then on top of that, you know, they reference that in season seven, where she's working with this professor person and she has this show that's, what did she call it? Gypsies. (sighs) They use the word tranny in, in the title. She used the word tranny in the title. And I understand now that tranny is not a word that is used, right? So it's not, it's not an appropriate word, but for her generation, that was a word that was used all the time. Just like how the mm-hmm. evolution of how we refer to the different races in words has changed as well. And so there's a whole segment about being transphobic and having this show and how terrible it is. She makes a comment in this episode about how like that was revolutionary for its time because nobody was doing that. And I thought that was a really beautiful way for them to highlight how much even just all like not just we've evolved as humans in general, but just how much even in the LGBTQ community has grown as well. Mm -hmm. And and it was just I thought it was a it was really powerful to do it that way rather than like sitting down and being like a soapboxy moment, because I think a lot of times with our generations, we tend to do that, right? Like I get super irritated when these 
people who were born in 2000 criticize movies from 1985 or even criticize movies from when I was in high school. It was like, you don't understand. This was the way we thought back then. We've grown since then. Like, I yes, think be, too, yes, be angry, it's the cancel it's okay, culture, but we've grown since then. And so Maggie's got this opportunity to say like, Hey, yeah, I can see the problem, but it's, that's not who I am now. And we've grown yeah. from it and let's move on. But nobody wants to hear her. And, but the, her group still loves her and supports her through it anyway. And then she ends up with a potential girlfriend at the end of it. (laughs) Like you're, you're right. She did live, live through all of the, all of the changes. Just like I would say, like how we lived through all the technological changes, Mm -hmm. like how we saw what it was like to do research for papers in encyclopedias. And then also having to learn how to do research for papers online and learning how to cite your sources in both sides. Well, when I was not to digress, but when I was in high school, we weren't allowed to use online resources because the internet was so new. They were like, it's not trustworthy or verifiable. And and then by the time I was a senior in high school, which was in 2001, 2002, they were like, you can have one web resource. <laughs> and then uh, when you got to college, did they make you use more like web resources? No, no? it wasn't because I did. I went straight to MJC. It was still all Modesto Junior College. For those of you who don't know what MJC is, um, it was all still like book resources, book resources. Then I dropped out because that's what you do when you live in Modesto and have no direction, but know exactly what you want to do with your life. But Modesto doesn't offer it. And then when I went back in 07, that was when the, that's when I was like, oh shit, we can use the internet as resources. But then they had like a list of like, these are what the types of websites you're allowed to use. I was in middle school when we saw all of the, we had to use books and learn how to do research and write papers and stuff. Like in middle school, you start learning how to do that. It was all book-based. Then I got to high school and they said, no, now you do it online. Mm -hmm. So I literally lived through the transition and I had to learn both back to back. Maggie is now doing versions of that in the LGBT community her whole life you know Mm -hmm. from the second she realized that to your point like she did live through all of these huge milestone things that happened in the LGBT community and how it's changed over time where Lauren was more of a product of the benefits that had already stuck because in a way then like grown from there because you know of course with new generations new growth happens and whatever but it's like it's really cool for the show to see or to display those two different points Mm -hmm. of view Mm -hmm. and I would say too to like show them from a woman's perspective because I think a lot of just the show in general I like that a lot of the stuff is from the women's perspective Mm -hmm. because when they show stuff from the women's perspective it's about a mom or it's about like a wife or it's about it's really nice to see multiple women showing their multiple challenges Mm -hmm. with different things that don't involve like or being a mom was just part of Liza being gay was just part of Maggie like it's not this whole soul focus like it Mm -hmm. used to be on Mm -hmm. women where it was like well this is your whole identity now we couldn't be these multifaceted people and what I love about younger and what I love about I guess bringing it all together now not just the LGBT community but like how they did it for like some of the mixed characters how they do it for the age differences how they do it for like the different things that they have going on the different themes they really make sure the show makes sure to bring in all the points of view from a personal, like individual standpoint. So this is what I'm facing. 
this is how I made it just part of my life instead mm-hmm. of my whole life. Mm-hmm. And they did that for each character. That's not something we've really seen on like collection shows or ensemble shows. Right, when there's an ensemble, yeah. And I think that that's something like, yes, Liza was the main character. And yeah, we we see her, all of her different struggles and stuff. But it was really cool to see all the different characters have big themes mm-hmm. that they followed through with through the whole show and they were all so diverse and I really liked that and I really appreciated that the writers did I mean as fantasy like as it is that you can live in New York and do all these things the themes stay true like there's big struggles that they face and they do it on a platform and they give us words um that I guess people in like a normal society don't I guess yeah they gave they gave us the language to be able to express certain emotions and exactly yeah. and it's and I think that that's awesome it's nice that they and I love the tv land is the one that started that right that just brings it back to I don't know if I had mentioned it on part one but like yeah you did if you don't stop trying to grow if you don't keep trying like that's all they were trying to do and it freaking worked man they really yeah. tapped in I think the show was never about Liza finding love. It was always Mm-mm. about her starting over. And so you had, so it gave them license to be able to do, to explore all those things and show complex and w- rounded characters. I do think that maybe Laura, well, actually they did, you know, Maggie's Maggie had a couple of black girlfriends. I, you know, I don't know where I'm going with that. So never mind. What were you going to tell me? You could cut it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Oh. But I do, I do think that it would be interesting to hear other points from people right like because yes. like you say we're not a part of the lgbtq community so i'd be curious Absolutely. to hear what they what people in that community about the representation and what they thought about the representation i'm an ally but i'm still learning and growing mm-hmm. in 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 that for me it was very refreshing to see lauren be who she is it was very refreshing to see these relationships be no fear on screen because you know when i was growing up gay characters were bad there was always something bad happening to them if if you're gay you're gonna have a horrible life kind of stuff there wasn't this ability to have to see Maggie's happy Lauren's confident they're successful and Mm -hmm. and you know these it being a part of the community isn't hasn't ruined their lives I appreciate that for the show but I'd be interested especially younger people or actually actually all ages I'd be curious somebody like 50 watching the show and what they what they thought about the representation about the the gay community I think because I would like to tie it back to the fact that like we are like mixed humans and we tend to talk about that a lot like Mm -hmm. I wish that they would have had more diversity in that sense which I think shows in general are still trying to get that so to that point though I thought it was really and that was a big criticism of the show when it first came out that there wasn't a lot of diversity and not that I'm I'm not defending it I'm not defending it I know I thought it was a I because publishing's not diverse it's not it's 95% not. So, of publishing I, I is white. So to see a show that shows this is a publishing world, it's 95 and the show is 90% white, sort of, you know, they did bring like Maggie had a black girlfriend for a minute and um, those types of things. But it, it, to me, I was like, this is refl- it it's to reflective. me. It was, yes. To me, it was more like a, a mirror holding up saying, this is what we're seeing in publishing. These are the yeah. faces that represent publishing. Yeah. And instead, and so I'm, and now we're st- seeing more people getting hired and literary agents and blah, blah. 
but I guess for me, it wasn't as like, this is awful. Cause in grad school, that was part of my focus. Not that I'm yeah. saying you were saying it was awful, but yeah. in, my gra- in grad school, part of my focus was the lack of representation in literature as a whole. So, yes. so to see younger be hella white, I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> it, I mean, it does, it does make sense. Like your point makes absolute sense. I would just say in general, like with the seasons, what we've got seven seasons mm-hmm. by season four, start introducing some new goddamn characters yeah give someone a break like I don't I mean I get it but at the same time it's like when you have a show running that long like Shonda Rhimes figured it out in Grey's Anatomy she has no problem just dipping in and out of characters like yeah we can kill people off that's what I'm just saying (laughs) you're right in the like for the the type of show it is, it was very reflective for how it is in the industry. So that makes sense. And yeah. I'm not like, a, I don't have any qualms against it. That's what no, we're used not, to seeing on You're TV. not wrong though. It would have been nice to sort of bring in more than just Zane, you know? Yes. <laughs> well, that was well, my main point was like, was let's make it more than just like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or like a character that just comes in for this or that. Like make it, you could have had an author come in like that was of color or of a different like yeah they did do that towards background and just like get a little bit more in on their story of like oh well just like subplots like oh Mm -hmm. now we're tacked on to this storyline that's dealing with these issues or whatever just it there was options and room to grow in that sense is all yeah Darren Star is never going to tackle anything big though like if he's taught us anything and again like you got to stay in your not your comfort zone but if you know you're good at something and you don't think you can do something that would be a representation in a in the way it should be yeah then I get not taking that on but like creating. but he has grown because he gave us Zane whereas Sex in the City <laughs> yes. the first black character that had more than one episode was Blair Underwood and that was in like season four or five <laughs> I never watched Sex in the that's City that's okay I'm there sorry. wasn't a whole lot of people of color on that show and it's that's the joke right New York City and it's hella white like no but anyway well in conclusion I'm going to miss Younger and I'm going to miss the show, but I will rewatch it on Hulu any chance I get. Yeah, it was a it was a good show. I and I'm 100% going to end the episode with this. I'm team Josh. I'm going to end the episode with I'm jealous of the fact that she now gets to run an imprint just because her ex-boyfriend is going to writing fellowship yeah. and needed to He's hand like, it yeah, over to somebody fine. he trusted gonna... but kind of didn't trust. <laughs> That's what that's what's making me jealous about the show younger is that I can't can't win over anything else, but I can lie about everything and get my whole company. Right. I can't wait to make a lie one day to get a company. I'm also Team Josh, though. I can't wait for the spinoff. I hope it happens. I hope it's real. I hope it wasn't just a <laughs> hey, we're thinking of doing this. I really hope it's true because I just found Josh, I felt like we needed more of him. I found his storylines to be interesting. Probably, be, I don't know. I don't, I can, we can just dive on that why on another day, but I just really liked his character. And I follow Nico on Instagram. Character. He went dark on Instagram all for mostly most of COVID, but like before that, it was like, oh, steamy. Yes. Give us all those shower partial nudes. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Oh. You're listening. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Tell more. My mom might start listening if you give more details. <laughs> <laughs>
we're going to end. end. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. (laughs) Have a good day.